This episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by an upcoming event presented by FanQuest. Come out to Dinos and Drinks with Nico Rudolph December 4th at Peg Beer Co. Join Winnipeg artist, dinosaur enthusiast, and past Witch Police guest, Nico Rudolph, for an evening of painting thunder lizards in a holiday or fandom-themed setting. Nico will take you through the steps of painting a fearsome Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then help you dress it up for the holidays or for your favorite fandom. Tickets are $35 each, available at fanquestcon.com. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm your regular host Sam, and I'm doing something a little different this week. I'm here with uh, three members, all three members. You all guys three, are, yeah. Of the well, sometimes we have a fourth. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> all three members, uh, and possibly a fourth of the Truly Ensemble. So, like I said, this is something different than usually what I do. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that it's very varied uh, week after week after week as far as genres go. Punk band one week, country singer the next week, rapper the next week. But what you guys do, and I'm hoping you will explain it to me, is, is very outside of my kind of frame of reference. So um, before we even get into that, maybe let's just go around the table and each person can identify themselves and what instrument they play or instruments they play, and then people can put a name to the voice. So sure. Start, start, start here, I guess, and go yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm Jan, and I play the recorder. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And, yeah. Okay. My name's Kevin. I play the keyboards uh, in the group. Usually that means in a <coughs> live setting I use an electronic keyboard that is set to a harpsichord sound. Okay. Because the harpsichord itself is not terribly mobile, as you can sort of see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it always sounds better when we can use the real instrument, and that's what you're going to hear. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and I'm Tom, and I play the violin, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, yeah, I only play the violin. Okay. I mean, I guess, yeah, John and Kevin kind of have more claim to fame in terms of playing more instruments, but... Um, Kevin especially because he plays harpsichord and also the recorder at some points okay. as well. So, so recorder is a, is a heavy recorder. Yeah, vibe in this yeah, it's kind of more like the early music. It's like the it's like the early music kind of epitome, basically. Okay. So okay. Oh, and that's maybe a good a good place to start at. I mean, early music is obviously in the name of the, you know on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. early music on something. Uh, just looking at some stuff about you that I could find online, early music comes up a lot. And again, because of my lack of knowledge of, of this style of music, to me, early music, the earliest music that I listen to, is probably you know uh, like blues stuff from the 30s maybe that's about as far back as I got. this is clearly <laughs> yeah. way farther back so can you just define what early music is to people well, who maybe all of us are actually members of the Winnipeg Early Music Society okay. as well and the focus of the Winnipeg Early Music Society is to play music from the uh, medieval renaissance and baroque periods okay. but not anything after that so medieval would be anything from like 1100 to 1300. Yeah. Um, 1300 to 1500 is the Renaissance. So 1500 to about 1750, I think, is it? Okay. Yeah. Approximately. So it's a pretty wide, pretty wide range of. Yeah. yeah. But we, we don't play uh, anything from the medieval period, just because a lot of times the medieval music wasn't written down. It wasn't. Okay. Written okay. Down for these kinds of permutations. <coughs> Renaissance, it starts to creep in a little bit more printed music. Right. Uh, we do we do dabble in Renaissance. But we mostly play Baroque <laughs> stuff, and that's uh, that's music that I mean is written for this this permutation of instruments is actually really good for that. It okay, really lends itself to that. Okay, so it, I mean, it, this fall presumably falls under the classical like it is overall classical. umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's quite a it's quite a broad ranging term. And I mean, yeah. most people who think about classical music, they think about you know whatever Mozart, Bach, Handel. They all kind of fall under the same umbrella. Right. right? Or they think about going to the symphony and seeing like a yeah. massive orchestra. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like more, more. Yeah. I guess people think of more symphonic stuff when when they think of yeah. classical music. But yeah. So I mean, under the umbrella of classical music, yeah. So there's all those. They kind of follow the styles and the the periods of of art as well. So like. You know, uh, painters would be in Renaissance, right. classical, Baroque, all those kind of periods. So they also followed; they all kind of followed the same the same line. One came a little bit after another. I'm not sure, remember which, but um, but that's kind of how it all progressed. So okay, but yeah. So and the type of instruments that you're playing, I mean, is there a certain? I mean, the recorder. I, you know, like you're saying, symphony stuff. You don't think of a recorder as, as being one <laughs> yeah. of the instruments that's that's in that. Obviously, this is different. But what? I mean, the type of music that you're playing, who would have played it in those eras? Like, who was it for? Pretty much like what you're seeing right now, is it was played in salons, the small small places where okay. people get together and just play for, for gatherings, small gatherings and that sort of thing. I don't know that it was necessarily music that was always sort of sat and paid attention to. Sometimes it was used as, as a background music. Right. Which we often do, actually. We will play out, and you know, often it's like while people are eating food or that kind of stuff, and people enjoy it for that reason. It's ambience. As much sure, as it sure. Is. And it can be enjoyed as ambience, or it can be enjoyed as if you, you give the attention that, that you want to give it. Mm. In terms of the instrumentation, um, the recorder did have a period of where it was more it was favorable. I mean, this is before the flute, right? It predates the flute. Okay. So we could easily have a flute player playing the same things, um, but it wouldn't have the same quality. It wouldn't uh, you wouldn't listen to it and instantly instantly be transported and think, oh, isn't that nice? You know, right? right. A certain quality early, to the recorder, yeah. <laughs> but it has a bad rap, unfortunately. Well, it's a school instrument, right? I mean, yes. my, my daughter plays recorder in grade yeah. three. Like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the reason that uh, people teach it in schools is it's actually a very easy instrument to learn. Right. It's not necessarily an easy instrument to play really well. Johan happens to play it very well, but a lot of people don't get to the level that Johan has. No, they they get to the elementary school level and, yes. and stop, right? For myself, I'd much rather listen to a recorder than a flute because okay. it's a lot earthier and it has a very natural kind of almost like a like a whistle sound, almost like a human whistle. It's it's very um, it sounds a lot like the human voice, more, mm. more like the human voice. Um, harpsichord, same thing. I mean, it, it fell out of favor a little bit when the classical period happened. You know, so when we had Mozart and Beethoven starting to happen, there were more pianos. That was when the piano came along push the harpsichord aside, you know. Okay. And the piano was a lot more of a versatile instrument because it could play louder. The harpsichord, when you press the keys on it, you're only going to get one volume. Oh, really? Huh. And it doesn't carry, you know. So, But the heart, the piano was one of those things that you pound on a piano, you hear it's loud. Yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. But you can also play quietly, you know, and that sort of thing. So, so is there no range <clears throat> on the harpsichord as far as volume? It's just... Not in volume, huh. no. Just I mean, obviously, in, in, yes. In, 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 in pitch there is, but sure, not, not sure. in volume. Huh. We can cheat a little bit when we use the electronic keyboard because, yeah, we can, we can adjust that. Right, right. Um, yes, but um, the harpsichord itself, no, it doesn't have. Hmm. But... Then it only has that quality, that very, you know, I mean, want to play a key on the harpsichord? Just yeah. Well, you, you can hear it kind of. Bottom, bottom keyboard, and yeah, in the middle. Just yeah, totally. Yeah. It has that plucking sound. sound. It so. sounds like, yeah, someone plucking the for sure, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what happens, is a pluck. Rather know. than a pound, I guess. With, yeah, exactly. with a piano, it's, it's a hammer. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just a different, different quality. Mm. And that, that sound, harpsichords, some people love them, some people hate them. I, right. I happen to love it. I think it's a very attractive sound. Well, it's very distinct, anyway. It's I mean, distinct, yeah. Is there, like, a goal for you guys to keep it as authentic as you can? I mean, using the harpsichord versus using an electronic keyboard when you have the option to, is that sort of the goal is to play it as it would have been played in the era it was written? That That's important to me. I don't know about you guys. It's, I don't know. It's, it, there's a big debate around that kind of thing, especially in the academic world of, of early music and just... Uh, 
academic world of music in general. So I, I went through the, the, the music program at, at U of M. And okay. I mean, it's always kind of um, one of those things you talk about. I mean, authenticity in, in playing. There's always There were these treatises written about how to play Baroque style, how to play Renaissance style, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, people follow it to a, to a certain degree um, in, the, in the classical music world today. And some people take it like to the nth degree and they just, you know, they'll, they'll play violins that were designed in that period and only those violins and they're totally different than the stuff we play and all that kind of stuff. So we, we don't necessarily go to that length to get the authenticity, but, um, definitely, I mean, in terms of the instrumentation and, um, the additions of the music we use and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely pretty. People have a different idea of what they want with the music, whether it's going to be, some people want to hear this music played as it would have been played. Right. Other people don't care as much. They just want it for pure entertainment purposes and they don't care if you stretch a little bit outside of what what might have been done historically. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think for me personally, I mean, I've I've learned a lot of this music just the way it should be played. But you know, if there's something that's sometimes more fun to do, just slightly outside of the outside of the bounds, right? You know, might as well try it, right? Yeah. We all we all have this kind of idea of, of romantic romanticism in music, right? So I mean, it's hard to kind of get away from that now that our our kind of um, our ears are so used to romantic style of playing, especially in in, in classical music. I mean, slides, you know, like playing a certain note a certain way, um, making it sound, yeah, vibrato, like those kind of things. It's you know, some people would say, oh, you can't do that, you know. And we're like, ah, eh, whatever. I mean, if it sounds better and it sounds, you know, more pleasing to our ears at least, then we're like, eh, yeah, throw it in. So it's more natural anyways. Okay. So. We don't get attacked by people terribly often. The purists take <laughs> <laughs> purists really just don't know about us, basically, I think. But it's true. They don't come after us and they don't yeah. say, oh, you didn't do that absolutely 100% of the way it would have been done, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And if they had said that to me, I would have said, well, who cares? You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good attitude to have, I guess. So it's just, sure, yeah. just, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So are you, uh, I mean... Are you only playing existing compositions from that era, or are you doing your own material as well? No, we don't. Uh, I don't know if anybody. I mean, well, I don't know, Kevin. Is, I mean, yeah. you do a lot of arranging. So we we do this we do this uh, this festival called the Medieval Festival, actually, mm-hmm. and it's every second year. And and Kevin actually arranges a lot of um, really early compositions that aren't really for our our instrumentation, all that kind of stuff. So he'll actually go out and and really write, write these things down and make them into a trio mm-hmm. form and. So I mean, in I'm terms not, of arranging, I'm definitely. Music. I'm, not, I'm not writing it. I'm taking right. something that exists and trying to make it, adapting it to our to our instruments. Yeah, that's usually what has to be done, anyways. All these are additions. They're usually coming right. from a different instrumentation, so it's kind of something that has to be done, anyways. But. Well, and I guess the follow up question of that is: Is there anyone at this point in time writing new material like this? I mean, are there people who are composing this kind of music? In 2017, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, but you don't hear much about it. No, I mean, I, yeah. well, I'm um, out of the loop. I think in general about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I mean, my, my whole thing was okay. I mean, we, we started this ensemble, and I knew the instrumentation was recorder and violin and keyboard. Mm-hmm. So I went to university libraries, you know, li- universities that have music departments, raiding their libraries, trying to find music that has that, you know. And I didn't care terribly whether it was baroque or whether it was you know, mm-hmm. newer stuff. We've played a little bit of new stuff. Mm-hmm. You often find you don't like the newer stuff as well, just because you think, oh, well, it's... You know. well, what does newer stuff mean in your... <laughs> somebody, somebody, from, you know, one of our, somebody from this day and age would have written something. Okay, like, okay. You know. yeah. And of course, it's not going to sound like Baroque, because it's not Baroque, and it's, you know, they're not trying to write Baroque, they're just trying to write a piece of music that, that, they, that they like, you know. Yeah. And it's like anything else, you know, sometimes they're successful and sometimes they're not. <clears throat> important thing to keep in mind with a lot of this music, too, is, I mean, why has it lasted several hundred years? Because it's so good, right? Right. I mean, music that isn't good doesn't last. That's Usually just, not. That's the way it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, a modern composition, 
who's to say whether it's going to last 300 years' time? You know, right. and, and that makes it maybe less interesting for some people. You just sort of think, you want to hear something very pleasing to the ear that Handel wrote that lasted as long as it did. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons we do it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't go, you know, it doesn't, doesn't say that we don't ever play stuff from, you know, at least an earlier time, not necessarily from this day and age necessarily, yeah, yeah. but... We do well, actually, we, yeah. we, we yeah, played yeah. some jazz, I guess. Oh, yeah. Every well, once in a while, we pull yeah, out some jazz, awesome. mostly for fun, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, we we play things from. I mean, I guess when you're in a classical um, group, usually you'll play stuff from the 20th century and all this kind of stuff, and that's kind of the newer music. Right. Um, really, new music, the 21st century and late 20th century stuff is is usually reserved for kind of more academic crowd, just because it's usually pretty intense. Okay. And at least that's the stuff that's out there right now. And it's quite experimental. So, quite often. Yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. People, you know, would hear it and say, "Oh, you've been playing the right notes." I mean, that's often the, the, the comment. Right. Yeah. Because I went through the whole classical. I didn't go. I did a little. Spent a little bit of time in U of M music, but mostly I just did it with with the teacher privately. <clears throat> and you know, I mean. You torture your parents with that stuff. Like, <laughs> Are you? Is, is that supposed to sound that way? You know, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah, it is. You know, but it's, yeah. you know, that's that's the modern. <laughs> You know, people are playing diff with with different ideas in the music that don't necessarily translate to something that you would want to sit down and listen to. Right. find this in the first place I mean obviously this, it's out there and I mean you can you can hear you can hear people playing this stuff you can find the music like you said you go to the libraries find, find it there but I mean it's not maybe not the typical thing that someone you know at this time in history is gonna gonna seek out so where how does we, it how did we all come together is that what you're saying yes yeah, so how, 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 did, how did you all discover this particular well, music? I, um, I guess the story starts with me just because I was the first one in the you know, the music society and uh that happened quite by accident. I was invited out to an event. Uh, I have a friend that owns a, a, a greenhouse. Okay. 
and they were doing a small Renaissance fair type thing, you know, and they had some, um, they brought some singers out, and that was the first time I'd actually heard recorders playing in a, in a group as I arrived. I heard a group quartet, you know, for a quarter. I thought, this is so beautiful. Wow, I never heard that before. And uh, I brought my electronic keyboard, and they wanted me to play some harpsichord pieces, and so I did that. So some of the people from the early music society that were singing heard me playing. Okay. And then later I heard them singing, and then we got talking to each other, and they, uh, they said to me, well, do you sing? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it very much. I mean, it's not something I'm comfortable doing. I mean, in a group, it's a different kind of thing. Though. I thought, yeah. I'd give it a try, you know. So I, I sang with them for, for about a year before I realized that there was a whole instrumental component to the Winnipeg Early Music Society, and so I started talking to some other musicians and that sort of thing. And um, one of those musicians was a recorder teacher named Michael Kobus. Okay. And he... Um, had a student named Jan, <laughs> who was uh, about 12 when I met him. <laughs> okay. And um, Jan was doing, I forget whether it was an exam or whether it was a festival yeah. or something like that, but I had been invited to provide, to provide keyboard accompaniment for what Jan was doing for okay. this festival. And we did that, and I thought no more about it. And then I got another call saying, hey, Jan wants you back because he wants to do something else. And so we just kept doing that, I guess. And then Jan reached a point where he was 15, 16 years old. I said, well, why don't we actually do something with this? Why don't we play it, you know? You're a good enough player now that we can get together just in my living room and just play stuff. And we did that for a couple of years. And just then, as a two-piece? Just as a two-piece. And then, um, because I'm a church musician, too, I'm an, I'm an organist. Okay. Uh, I, I got to know Tom's family that way. And one day, it just, it just dawned on me. I knew Tom was a top-flight violinist, and I thought, well, I don't know whether he's interested in early music, but uh, what could be the harm in having inviting him along? Yeah. So we just came along and joined Jan and I one day, and um, that was that. It was just, we just kept, kept right on doing it, because it was, it was such a pleasing and satisfying thing to play. And yeah. uh, the, the thing for me too is, I mean, when you're when you raised, you know, when you're raised playing the piano, you know, it takes a while before you sometimes realize that, well, I mean, this is this is nice that I that I can play the piano, but I mean, I really want to play with other people. So that was the obvious thing to do there. I mean, I was really enjoying the singing, by the way, and I still do it. Uh, I got over my whole fear of singing, but okay. playing in a group, especially a small ensemble like this, is is ideal. It's just it's the most satisfying thing to to do. Well, I guess, I mean, for you guys then, uh, like, you, like you were saying, you started this when you were, you were 12. Uh, when I was 12, I, I was started going to punk shows. Like, how, <laughs> how, did, how, did, how did this become the direction you took yeah, as well, far as music goes? I guess, it, I guess for me, it starts, I actually, uh, I, until the age of 11, I grew up in England. Okay. And uh, the recorders viewed kind of differently there. And, um, it was more history, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I just, I started playing it. Um, at that age, still, you know, pushed by my parents a bit, you know, making me practice and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I very much, you know, started off with the, you know, the regular. You do your your exams, your musical exams, and and um, I also I started with the piano actually too. And then after a while, you know, I just felt that. I mean, I wasn't a, a great great pianist, and you know, there's there's a lot of pianists out there. Yeah, and yeah. The recorder. You know, I'd kept playing it, and then at one point, you know, I'd really tried to, uh, really started appreciating it, and so I kept, I started focusing a bit more on that, and then once I met Kevin, and once Kevin kind of got this idea started of, you know, playing a bit more, you know, outside for other people, yeah. and it kind of opened up a whole new range of possibilities, I guess. Cool. We played even Jan and I before, before Tom was involved, we were playing at places like Nelly Robinson, okay. yeah. in the cafe. That seems like a good... Spot for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I yeah. appreciated that because they, they, they get um, rock bands and they get um, jazz bands and yeah. things like that. And they, the waitresses were saying, well, it's so nice having you guys because we can hear people talk. Yeah. And they were having the noise issues and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. But cool. then when, when Tom came on board, it got even better. And the fourth person that we didn't talk about is actually Tom's younger brother, David, who was a cellist. Okay. 
Um, he's, really, he's, really good cellos. He's a, <laughs> he's like ridiculously he's, good. He's, he's so good, in fact, it's hard, to, it's hard for us to have him sometimes. He's almost too good for us. Uh, when we can have him, he's happy to play with us. He's, uh, we, we sound even better, I think. Okay, yeah, definitely. So do you have two different versions of the arrangements, one with cello and one without? Or? Yeah, so usually, usually these arrangements, um, it's kind of, historically, it's always been this thing called basso continuo, is what it's called. So it's usually a harpsichord, and I guess it used to be um, um, viola, de gamba. A viola de gamba, I guess, is what the, the instrument was. So then okay. it kind of evolved to the cello, and the cello is kind of the bass, and then the harpsichord kind of plays on top. So it's kind of that ground bass. So that's it adds a little bit to it. It adds kind of more of a bottom end that we don't usually have. Right. Basically, so, what my left hand is playing on the harpsichord is what the cello would be playing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not always, but very often that's what it is. And it's mm. like if we don't have that, it just means we lose a bit of low end. Yeah. But, but you're still doing it on the harpsichord. Anyway. I'm still doing yeah. it on the harpsichord anyway. You're just not hearing it quite as loudly, or as, it doesn't have the quality of the cello, which. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. So yeah, I mean, so in terms of in terms of me and my little brother, um, so I mean. I guess it's not necessarily a regular thing to grow up in a musical family that right. you know, as you know, takes lessons from a really young age and all this kind of stuff. My, my mom was a piano teacher; she taught piano all my life, and so we kind of got started um, basically as young as she could possibly get us started. And um, so my younger brother started when he was three. Oh, wow. A little box cello they start off on, and so I mean, it's kind of so she thought that you know, private lessons from the beginning and get them on it, and then see how far they kind of go. So my my little brother and I, when they, I mean, I guess my my older sister's in, at University of Ottawa, um, doing her her bachelor's performance in violin as well. But um, so we kind of yes, yeah, so we all started from a really young age, and we did this thing called the Suzuki method. So okay. it's that's kind of the the classical starter, I guess you could say. So most private teachers will kind of start you off on that, and um, you learn the the basics. You'll learn some Bach, you'll learn some Handel, you'll learn some you know all the all the classic composers, basically. The ones then, that people who aren't into classical yeah, music are aware of. Right? Pretty much. <laughs> so like the, the famous the ones, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in, even when it comes down to this, I mean, these guys were like friends of those people, right? Okay. So the stuff we play is, it's pretty similar and it's just a matter of knowing the names, right? So, um, so then, yeah, so we kind of got a taste of all this stuff when we were really young. I think all of us did, right? So we yeah, kind of all got a taste of it in some yeah. form or another. And then, you know, you hear it and you're like, oh, that's kind of nice, but it's kind of like easy, right? You kind of think of it at that age as just being easy and kind of progress past it. And then what happened with me is, I mean, I went through bachelor music, you know, do all the crazy hard stuff and you play all the insane stuff. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, fun. It's really intense. It takes a lot of work to get, you know, to the level and stuff like that. They're like, man, it sounds really nice when it's simple and, you know, you don't have to practice hours and hours and hours to play something, you know, the way it's supposed to be played. Right. So that's the reason kind of why I uh, came to the Early Music Society. And, I mean, Kevin was a big part of it. He definitely kind of dragged me in, and it's a good thing he did because, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it kind of made me realize what it's actually supposed to be about, you know. So-
when, when you go through the um, regular old channels of taking piano lessons or music lessons of any kind, they are very criminally, they don't really touch on the early music as much as they should. They'll talk about Baroque, certainly, the stuff we're playing, the, the mm-hmm. handle and the bonk and all that kind of stuff. But Renaissance music, they don't, they don't go near it. And that's a real shame, you know, I think that's one of the things that, I think there's a new music society in a lot of different cities. And Vancouver has one that's hundreds and hundreds of people. Oh, well. Uh, Vancouver does as well. Now, Winnipeg's is quite small, there's only 30 or 40 of us. Has it been growing at all, though, or is it sort of the same group? It's about the same size. It it could grow, um, depending on how much the people running it want to see it grow, you know. Okay. We have have a typical, we have have an end-of-season recital that manages to fit sort of most of the performances and most of the members in in about two hours. Okay. You know, okay. So the, some people think, well, if you had a group much beyond that, you wouldn't be able to have that kind of thing. Going How much of a big deal it is, I don't know. But I mean, they really <laughs> seem to like that end of your recital. And, right. And it does well. So yeah. They could probably grow it. They could probably... Uh, I think the interest would be there if people knew that it existed. It is kind of small and it is kind of unknown, unfortunately. Yeah, it's all it's been around since the 1970s. That's cool. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I think the other thing with that kind of early music is that it really, when you play it together with more people, mm-hmm. it, it really gets so much more of a... It's pretty satisfying. Yeah. A, like, it's just, it's nice nicer. music to hear. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's very sonorous music, I right. guess you could say. So it's all like nice harmonies, it's nice melodies, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so people just like, like yeah. hearing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so why that's, we get called yeah. out to places like where you saw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 They just want that ambience. They yeah. want that. Oh, it's not nice. You know, just sort of... You don't even know necessarily what it is, and it doesn't matter. Well, that's, that's yeah. exactly the experience yeah. I had because I was I was I was at the fiber festival, and my wife has a fiber business, a yarn business. So we were there. She had a booth yeah. there. I was with my kids, trying to keep them occupied. And I, I said, "Hey, there's music happening. What is this?" And I got there and watched you guys. I was like, "I don't know what this is," <laughs> but we're listening to it and enjoying it. But I have no no idea what it is. And then I think that I mean, is that typically what your audience is? People who yes, don't a lot have of the background time. knowledge. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yes, very often uh, the ones that know it. You know, they, they we usually know them. Right. Their their response is usually um, like they're 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 they'll talk to you, but they're more pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, I love this stuff, and I didn't know anybody was playing it. Right. Right. The ones that have never heard it before are, are more curious. Like, oh, that's nice music, but I don't yeah. know what it is. What right. is that stuff? Right. Exactly. Yeah, we hand them a card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed one on the way. Out. I grabbed one, then I looked it up, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> You guys have a Facebook page also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we did it, right? <laughs> yeah, we were sitting there and we finished the piece and I said, oh, look at that. Someone's actually put us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was me probably right there. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think largely why we do this is just... Exposure. Yeah, and I mean, we, we've all kind of got other things going on and it's just really satisfying to do this. And have people actually, that, yeah. you know, enjoy hearing it. Sure. And want yeah, to learn more about it. Because, I mean, yeah, it's usually like a, an, an educational experience on most levels, right? I mean, most people are like, yeah, the recorder can music, actually right? sound good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> most of it, yeah. You play more than hard on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we can relate to all your listeners, too. I mean, we're all, you know, rock and roll fans, too. And sure. That sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what I was going to ask, actually ask that. Uh, like, what do you, aside from this, and aside from classical music in general, what do you listen to? I mean, and does that ever seep into what you're doing, whether it's with this group or just on your own? I mean, I know recorders may be an unusual instrument if you're yeah. listening to something outside of you know certain genres. But like, what do you guys listen to at home on your own outside of this? Oh, who wants to start? Oh, <laughs> man, you can start. Kevin. Go for it, Kevin. Well, I, I am. I've dabbled in a lot of different sort of styles of music over the years. I mean, when I was 12, I think, I, I know, even younger than that, I mean, you listen to what your older brother listened to. Of course, to yeah. Your brother listened to Queen albums. So I was like, Queen? Oh, great album. You know. Yeah. I wasn't terribly interested in rock. I wasn't terribly interested in radio. But that was interesting to me. Cause well, Queen has a lot of connections to, like, 
classical music well, in sure, general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, you know, there was, I'm hearing somebody doing something different. I thought, well, that is interesting. To me. Yeah. Even even when I was eight years old, I thought, well, that's 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 I can recognize there's something going on there that you don't hear in other. You know. Sure. And then I went through a period where it was um, 60s rock bands, Beatles and Rolling Stones, and the Moody Blues, and you know British Invasion bands, and I could listen them all. You know, and I'm still yeah. I still love those bands. And then it was high school, and I went through a phase of what's called alternative rock. You know, what I mean REM yep. bands like that. You know, that was that was when that happened. You know, and it was I was finding all these different phases were happening. When I was 16, British folk happened in a huge right. way for me. I mean, I just like fell in love with that music. I still love that stuff too. You know. I guess so, a lot of that has some some connections it too. Does. Right? It's yeah. all folk music. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, it's all folk music. But you know, about um, twelve years ago, I was in a band called Mr. Pine, and um, we one of the things we wanted to do was to sort of be really diverse. You know, because I mean, it's and even in the radio show that I did at UMFM, the idea was to be extremely diverse, probably much the same way your show is, because I didn't want to have I didn't want things to flow. Right. I wanted to jar. I wanted. Yeah. To, I wanted to shock people out of their complacency. Yeah, what, disrupt, right? yeah. what just happened? You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I wanted the band that I was in to be that way too. I didn't want all the songs to flow. I wanted to hear different. Oh, what's going on? You know. And yeah. Totally different changes of instrumentation, all that sort of stuff. So in the second Mr. Pine album, I'm really quite proud of it. I think it's quite good because it did manage to sort of do that, and um, it, it has a lot of instrumentation, but it also it does have early music elements in it. Okay. I wrote a an arrangement of recorders for one song. There's one song that's heavy metal. There's one song that's, you know, and it, it right. dances around that way. Cool. So, I mean, diversity has kind of always been my, my watchword, because, I mean, when I was on the radio, I wanted it to be diverse. When I was in the band that I was in, I wanted it to be diverse. You know, what I do with these guys is great, but it wouldn't want it to be the only thing I did. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. What, what about you guys? What do you... Uh... Well, I don't know. I mean, so, when I listen to it at home, it's kind of a hard question, I guess. I'm always trying to find something new. I mean... I used to be one of those guys that would look up those indie playlists right. and download the big, the big LimeWire, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in you know, thousands of songs, and I'd sift through them and find all the cool ones. So Tom was on my radio show just three or four years ago, actually. He was bringing good stuff all the time. It was really diverse. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of fun. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I could pin it down to like a certain, you know, certain group of genres and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I kind of like to listen to as much as I possibly can. I don't particularly like country music, okay. but that's just me, and so I, I kind of, that's I guess one thing that I don't really go into at all, but um, I've really been, uh, what, what have I been listening to lately? Um, oh, shoot. You like electronica stuff? And yeah, um, I was kind of into the, the techno scene, I had a friend that was a DJ in high school, and we were kind of doing a lot of um, German, you know, uh, European techno kind of stuff, sure. coming in during that time, and... Um, then I was more into the folk uh, indie scene, and then um, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of more electronica now, I guess. Okay. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I could like name off a bunch of bands that no, I listen to and stuff like that. It's, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to remember all of them. So I don't know. Cool. So all right. Well, uh, me, I think I've been a lot less, you know, musically curious than than these <laughs> two. Like less exposed though, too. But, well, maybe, I don't know, but I definitely like, you know, Led Zeppelin, Deep yeah. Purple, that kind of stuff always kind of caught my interest. And then also just, I guess because I can relate to it more being a recorder player, there are there are some bands that, you know, they take really early music and then put a good drum beat to it, sure. you know, kind of turn it into more rock-styled music, sure. and that's something I, I really enjoy listening to also. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of that whole... Don't play the music as it was intended to be played, yeah, but you know, right. like do your own interpretation of it. Yeah, yeah. take take something that's hundred years old, hundreds of years old, and just make something new out of it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I'm glad to hear you don't only listen to this. I mean, I, <laughs> not that I would expect it either, because I mean, you know, anyone I have on the show, you know, it could be, a, um, I don't know, a country singer, just because you mentioned country, and they could listen to death metal. You know, it, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. it, people are mostly, if you're a musician of any kind, you're pretty open-minded for, for the most part. Like, yeah, yeah. curious, exactly, yeah. 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 So, um, I noticed you have some stuff recorded on, on SoundCloud, yeah. and... Mm-hmm. What do you is, is that? Are you ever planning on releasing anything, or is that just sort of as a sample for people well, to hear? Why do that again? Well, I think, I think we, um, we we I I had just moved into this house, and um, we we thought um, we had we had access to a recording studio. Okay, and we said bring the bring the harpsichord, and I thought. <laughs> how, how do you even? Uh, well, we, we did. did. We did. <laughs> yeah, it was, but, somehow. it was a whole process. And then when we got there, you know, oh, don't worry, there's an elevator. Well, the thing didn't fit in the elevator, <laughs> so we're carrying it up flight of stairs. Yeah. you know, I mean that thing, and it's just huge. You know, yeah, plastic yeah. wrap wrapped around it to keep it from flopping. It's like two meters long. And um, where do you even get a harpsichord from? I don't think I've seen yeah. one ever, but well, at least part of my first time actually seeing one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to get this one from Toronto, actually. Okay. Yeah, I bought it, bought it there. They had a people that, um, I can't remember who, who had this before. There was some ensemble that was using it or something like that, and it was for sale, and I, uh, I just bit the bullet. I said, you know, I mean, because you, you, do, you do the funny things with yourself. You say, oh, should I have a harpsichord? Should I have a harpsichord? Who has a harpsichord? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where do you get a harpsichord? And uh, I can't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And then you start saying to yourself, well, why shouldn't I have a harpsichord? I mean, I've learned this music when I was a young kid. I could right. play this stuff a lot years ago. I mean, if there's somebody that should have a harpsichord, <laughs> damn it, it's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you change the way you think, you know, and so I, I told my brother, my brother lives in Toronto, I said, I'm coming out there, I'm going to buy a harpsichord. <laughs> How do you how do you get it here? <laughs> just the size of it. Uh, so people that, well, they were going to ship it by by U-Haul. Okay. They actually ended up driving it out here themselves. Oh wow! And made me pay lots of money on top of everything that I was expecting to pay. <laughs> it was it's been worth it though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 So well, back to why we recorded. Recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I think yeah, I think we just wanted to. I, like we just wanted to have something up there, you know, something to show people, like something who like could a go calling like card you, kind of thing and, yeah, yeah, who, you could, who could yeah, like yourself, for example, or if there's somebody who wanted us to play in their in their shop, you know, we've played chocolatiers and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, here, here's what we sound like. Go here and or or you know, yeah, it's like a sampler, basically. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, we kind of thought about maybe releasing something just, you know, yeah. I don't know. It obviously wouldn't be something super professionally recorded. I mean, it was pretty professionally recorded. It sounded, actually, it sounded really good. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, in terms of all the mastering and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it, it would have it's been really intense to try and get it together on an actual album. And then, yeah. you know, somehow It's also nice to have but, something recorded where you can say to somebody, you know, because if you say to them, oh, yeah, I'm playing a group and there's a recorder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they run the screaming, you know, and then, right. then you play the recording of what we did, and they say, "Oh, it actually." Sounds oh, it sounds nice. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother was that way. She's like, "Why on earth?" Because I was playing the recorder too. Why would you want to play the recorder? You know, she just didn't understand. Yeah. It. And I was driving with her, and I was playing something, and she said, oh, "That's absolutely lovely. What is it?" And I'm like, "Here, so that's the recorder." It's a recorder, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. she had no idea that the recorder could sound that nice. And right. Most people that have never heard Yon play don't realize they wouldn't that assume. No, no. You again, you assume it's a kid, kid's instrument. I think yeah, so exactly. most people yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that, that's a bit different, though. I mean, that thing is way more heavy duty. Oh well, yeah. It's, <laughs> Tell the body recorder, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, it's uh, it's what I guess. Is, is there I mean, European a, boxwood recorder from Montreal? But it's obviously <laughs> bigger, and it's and it's, it's, yeah. it's wood versus the cheap plastic one. But is yeah. there like a sound difference? I mean, like oh t- yeah, total size recorders too. Okay. Yeah. Like, they go from smallest. Yeah, I can probably talk about this more than I could. But the smallest one is called a, a, a sopranino. Is it similar to saxophones in that sense? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. The, the one you play in school is a soprano. That's the yeah. one you get in grade three. The one your daughter probably. Yeah, plays. yeah. She has a sopranino. Is smaller than that. Okay. 
and then there's soprano, and then there's alto, which is what Jan's holding, and then there's tenor, and then there's a bass recorder. So it's very much like saxophones, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the easiest. Yeah. And you can get things like contrabass recorders, which look like <laughs> telephone poles. Right. Enormous things. Like, you yeah, stand up and yeah. 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 It's like the alpine horn. horn. Right, right. Yeah, Ridiculous yeah, yeah. looking. Go on YouTube. I'm going to want to get I'm talking to your listeners right now. Go on YouTube. Contrabass recorder, and you'll see. They're enormous things. I bet, yeah. Yeah. But they have a bass that you know rips your soul out. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. it's worth lugging the big thing out to yeah, the stage. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, and if you accidentally come across a video of someone playing hot cross buns, give me a chance here. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of those. A lot of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's a malign instrument. It shouldn't be because it's it's beautiful. And they don't need it. Put the hand right down to somebody else. And kids, you know, you see when they play them, they just yeah. blast sound out of them. Yeah, it takes some finesse. If you if you blast, you know, if you play really loud through a recorder, you're gonna it's shrill and nasty. But it's not supposed to be played that way. Right, it's not supposed to be. But when you're a kid, that's all you want to do is just well, play it as loud as you can. We're not interested in making music when you're a kid. You're no, you make a noise. noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a really gorgeous version of Titanic theme on, on the recorder. <laughs> you too, no. That's pretty comparable, I guess. <laughs> so. Um, like, I know you're saying that the recordings you made are more of a calling card, more of like a reference to people who are interested mm-hmm. in potentially booking you. Um, if you had, or at some point in the future, if you do make something for release, is there an audience who would yeah, you know, that's, for that? Kind of goes back to this whole academic theme of early music and right. classical music. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you release something and you kind of make it known, people will criticize it like no oh, yeah, I imagine probably yeah, and a million, I mean, million people out there playing this stuff that we do and playing it much better. Okay. And yeah. you'd buy the recording for that reason, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I yeah. ever want to. Well, exactly, right? It gets, it's, yeah, it's academic, and there are like, like really famous paid, groups that work. We're, we're not perfectionists, and I don't think we're yeah. going to be. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think I think if we if we wanted to do something like this, we'd have to make it unique in a way. Because, I mean, that kind of is the downside of playing stuff that's hundreds of years old. Sure. It's being played hundreds of times. Right. <laughs> So recorded hundreds of times. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah. what are you doing that brings? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to bring something new. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but it's fun to play. So that's all that matters. Right. Well, it, should be, it should be. It should be all that matters yeah, for sure. It's yeah. fun to play, and people enjoy listening to it. I mean, that's kind of why we do it. And it's yeah. you know, it's lucrative. I have to say, you know, is it? I mean, we make money doing this. Is there a lot yeah. of demand for, for? I mean, I guess obviously your setup is very small, unless you have a harvest. There, there could be lots of demand. I mean, it depends how much we want to sort of extend ourselves. I mean, we do. We've put up ads on Kijiji before and things like that. People responded. You know, yeah. we played like I said, Constance Pop Chocolatiers had us. Um, the guy like Robinson has had yeah. us, and you know, places like that. You've been. It's pretty diverse in terms of where we play. You'd be surprised kind of where you hear music. Like I mean, a lot of us play wedding gigs and stuff like right. that. I mean, that's kind of a, a given if you're playing classical music. You play classical music, you play for weddings. or you The conservatory at the you know, Incineboy Park has had us, and we sound sure. really nice in there because sound just echoes yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it seems like a good spot, for sure. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think we also don't market ourselves as... As actively as as we could, if we wanted to make this, you know, if, and and every weekend kind of gig thing. Yeah. But you know, we get a seeing as it is kind of a, a, a side side hobby of ours and side group. And like for for that, we play. We're happy with that right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Well, if someone hasn't heard you before and wants to find out more. What's the best thing for them to do? What's the best place for them to go online to? Well, we have a Facebook page. That's probably the most obvious thing, right? 
In terms of yeah, in terms of definitely seeing who we are and stuff like that, right. our SoundCloud. SoundCloud? Yeah. What's that? Does Facebook link to SoundCloud? I think it does. I'm pretty I sure I found the SoundCloud yeah. off Facebook. Yeah. So. yeah, so SoundCloud is definitely where we'll be able to hear us. I mean, I guess really the main thing. But you yeah. never um, find us on SoundCloud very easily without knowing us. Yeah, name. yeah, exactly. Right, right. Quite a long name, but yeah. right. if you're looking for it, you'll find it. I guess. That's so, truly T R U L L I Ensemble, and I think it's the Truly Ensemble on Facebook. Yeah. Or is I think it? so. I can't remember. I think it's actually Truly Early Music Ensemble. Truly Early Music Ensemble. We know what? I will link to it. In the notes for the show, so if you we don't even this, know what we're called. Just go to the page for yeah. it. Like, click on it, and you'll go, you'll go there. Um, as far as shows and things like that, I mean, if someone hears you and says, "Hey, you know, I, I do have a chocolate shop or a bookstore or whatever. Yeah. I want a man How do they get in touch with you? What's the best thing for them to do to?" Uh, I think, our, I think you can reach out to us through our Facebook. Facebook's again. Yeah, yeah, that's usually the easiest, sure, I sure. guess, with anything. But yeah, I think yeah. we have we have an email somewhere. I think it's like. But I mean, Facebook is easy. Facebook, most people can just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's usually where we get We never check the Gmail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a whole backlog We send each other spam messages <laughs> on it. <laughs> I did check it the other day and there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, anything coming up live in the next few months that people might be interested in seeing? Um, or should they go to the Facebook again to see that? Uh, good question, right? Yeah, we would probably put it on Facebook okay. if we knew. Nothing's definite right now. Right. Yeah. There's things yeah. in the hopper, but they're not definite yet. Okay. And it depends on when people, when people hear this, too, right? Yeah. It means yeah, for, oh, yeah, exactly. It's online in perpetuity, yeah. so someone yes. can hear it three years from now. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so check the point. Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay, well, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, go to witchpolice.com, click on podcasts. At this point, uh, there's a, almost 260 episodes. Um, they're all there for free download and streaming. You can find, obviously, very different genres of music, uh, as you... <laughs> I've heard <laughs> and uh, that's all there uh, you can also tune in to UMFM 101.5 on Sundays at midnight and those are older episodes that kind of get a second wind and um, you know a lot of the time we're talking about something that's about to happen like a CD release or things like that and by the time they air on the radio that's already done but I mean if that's the case you can just go and buy the CD right away <laughs> so yeah, exactly. you don't have to wait for the show to happen it's already there so it is kind of a cool extra bump for people to hear the, the artists that are guests on the show and you can find the show on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Usually, when you type in "witch police" because the name is so ridiculous, uh, that's the thing that shows up. So, <laughs> yeah. so if you want to find us, it's not that hard. And I'm looking uh, forward to telling people that I had the witch police come to my door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. It's confusing. It came a day early though. It's only yeah, October yeah, no, thirty. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, well, yeah. So people, check out your uh, your Facebook page. Obviously, uh, find the stuff there. Uh, I will link to the SoundCloud on, on our page as well, so people can check it out that way. And yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much.